Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Very familiar passage of Scripture this morning. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 28. And I want to start with verse number 16. Matthew chapter number 28, verse 16. The Lord really spoke to me, and He's still speaking to me, (laughs) about this message. And I said, Lord, I probably asked Him about three times, is this right? And And He has said, yes, it's right. And so... Amen. We're going to go with it. <laughs> Amen. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 28, verse number 16. If you got it, say amen. amen. If you don't, say oh me. <laughs> it reads, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some... Now ain't that a crime shame? There they saw Jesus crucified, died on a cross, and there he rose again, witnessed, they saw it all, but yet there were still some that doubted. And some, but some doubted. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even until the end of the world. And Matthew concludes it by saying, Amen. (laughs) Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about finding our identity. Finding our identity. Father, Lord, we just give you the thanks and the praise and the honor and the glory for everything that you've done. And Father, I just ask God right now that you would move for your precious people right now. Just pray, God, that this word that you've given into me, Father, that I may share this with your precious saints. And Lord, we may open our ears to hear what you would have us say, but that you would have us to hear this morning. I ask God that you would just minister. Lord, just be a minister right now, God, to your people. I pray, God, that you would just help me to declare the message that you've given to me. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Finding finding our identity. Have y'all seen a movie or a show or I'm thinking of maybe a sitcom. Now, I'm not talking about them sitcoms that are now. They're trash. 
<laughs> I like uh, the Jeffersons. And I like Amen. And I like Who's the Boss? Family Matters. Full House. Those were sitcoms. Mork and Mindy. <laughs> yeah, I even like the Mary Tyler Moore show. Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. Yes. Oh, those were good, good sitcoms. In the 90s, they made some good sitcoms. They've got some good ones now, but they're not like they used to be. But I remember some episodes, I can't tell you what, but I do remember or I can relate in my mind where one of the characters will all of a sudden bump their head or knock themselves out or whatever and they can't remember who they are. And the comedy ensues after that, that they're trying to figure out who they are and, you know, all different kind of scenarios and all of that kind of thing. Um, I think it's funny, you know, and people think that's funny when people lose their, or they forget who they are. Um, in a more serious note, we know that that is a reality that we face. Amen. That there are some people who have uh, developed a disease called Alzheimer's and they do not re remember or recognize who they are or what is going on around them. And we know that that disease is, um, you know, it, it's a bad disease. It's not nothing. I know that it can be funny because of what different people say and all of that, but um, we know that it's also a very serious Serious matter. My brother-in-law, um, Tommy, his dad had Alzheimer's. And so they had, um, when his mom was still alive, they had put him in a home. And what was funny was his sister um, would come to him and visit him. And she would get close to him and say, What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? And she would constantly repeat that. And finally, her dad would get so aggravated that he would say, Tommy! <laughs> and that would be it. <laughs> so we find little stories like that to be funny, but in the reality, it is still a fact that it is sad that we forget. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise you. And I begin to study and I begin to read and I begin to write notes and I begin to think about what, what the Lord had laid on my heart to say to you all and, and everything. That thought came to my mind. Who are we? Who are we? What are we about? What are we doing here? There was a... That just reminded me. Um, I like to go back to, um, I don't know why, but I like to listen to um, old presidential debates. It's weird. I know. I know I am. But there was one. It was the Republican presidential debate, and it had Ronald Reagan. I like listening to Ronald Reagan because he always had the quick wit, and he would say stuff that it was very, very funny. And that one guy, I don't remember who he was, but he was an older gentleman. He was a general. And he started out saying, who am I? Where am I? 
What are we here for? And people did not. <laughs> he was trying to say an introduction of who he was, but it kind of turned, and his opponents kind of turned to that. He don't even know who he is or what he's there for, and all that, so he was laughed off and all that kind of stuff. But in reality, folks, sometimes I think, who are we? Where are we at? What are we here for? What are we doing? <laughs> I, I know sometimes, and let me take it this way. I know sometimes at work, you can be so busy doing something, and you might see this too. There are so many people that when they work, they are committed now. Jerome's a different scenario here, but they have rules and laws and guidelines that each employee has to do. If Jerome didn't do that, then he'd get in trouble. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But each employee like me, I have rules. I have guidelines. Sister Cat, you've got guidelines, I'm sure. I, um, Sister Liz, you've got guidelines and everything like that. Uh, Sister Joan, you've got guidelines as well of things that you're supposed to do and you can't do. Carrie, all of, all of us who work, Brother Waddell, you know, you just can't stock fruit wherever you want to and all of that produce. There's certain kind of things that you're supposed to do. But I'm afraid sometimes when you work, I've had people, and I've been guilty of this, that you are so cautious of the rules, you are so cautious of what you're not supposed to do that you forget what you're there for. And again, let me say it this way. For me personally, my goal is to rent vacation homes. I mean, I know I'm the pastor here, but I'm talking about my secular job. That, you know, I'm supposed to rent homes. I'm supposed to make sure everybody has a good time. That the homeowner's pleased, the renter's pleased, and my boss is pleased. Well, sometimes that's not the case. And sometimes you get aggravated when you get phone calls that you've had the police to show up at the house because they've shot off fireworks and you've had to get people's uh, they're calling because they're mad because their vehicle got towed because it's in a wrong parking spot or, or things like that and you're aggravated because they don't do exactly what they say and all of that and so you forget your purpose was to make sure that they enjoyed themselves that they uh, found everything right that they were instructed instead you get aggravated and mad because they didn't abide by the rules and you can be ugly to them Am I, am I making it clear? Uh, another example is, man, I went to Chick-fil-A the other day and that lady was so mean to me. I said, surely this is not Chick-fil-A. Just rude. Just, what do you want? I said, are we at McDonald's? Where did, where did we go? <laughs> hey, I was shocked that it was Chick-fil-A. But see... You see where I'm getting at now? Where you were expecting good service and you expected something and when you got there, you got a bad and it got a bad taste in your mouth. And you said, that's not the Chick-fil-A way. Amen, that's not the Chick-fil-A way. I had saw a, an article where it said that Chick-fil-A was the number two best fried chicken restaurant in the United States. Number one was Popeye's. And I said, let the church say amen. <laughs> I love me some Popeye's. Ooh, I love me some Popeye's. 
And I love Chick-fil-A. Two of my best restaurants. Amen, God. <laughs> the top three. Amen. But we have expectations when we go to these places. We have expectations. And so now, <laughs> let's get back to the spiritual aspect here. Now you see Jesus. He's risen. He's told His disciples, come and meet with me. They're there. Some down and then He tells them, boys, listen. This is what we're all about now. He said, I've given you all power. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. Mark wrote about it as well. He has a different take on it, which is fine. But he says afterwards in Mark chapter 16 verse 14, Afterwards he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and unbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Here's another exact scenario. Different words, different, but it ex explains the exact same scenario. Jesus appears to his disciples and he gets on to them <laughs> because they did not believe that he was risen. They didn't believe him. And he said, Go ye, verse 15, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned. And he said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You believe that this morning? Amen. I believe that this morning. But see, Jesus had to identify or had to deal with their identity. Because all those disciples followed Jesus, listened to Jesus, studied under Jesus, was instructed by Jesus, but when trouble came, they forgot Him. And they left Him and they were scared. And Jesus had to deal with that. And folks, I'm under the impression sometimes we get scared because of things that we deal with our lives. The pressures and the things and the yokes and all of this mess that we got to deal with in everyday life weighs us down and it is easy for us to forget who we are. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we forget. I'm a child of God. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm glad about it. I've, I've been, I've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in water. 
That song where you sing, I know who I am. <laughs> I know who I am. But sometimes we forget who we are. And Jesus had to go and remind them, chastise them of their unbelief, and say, Folks, what are you doing? You don't believe me. But now you believe me. And even as all of that we've read in Matthew's Gospel, some still didn't believe. But he gave them instructions and told them what to do. Who their identity was. And as I was writing my notes and, and coming up with things, I'll tell you what I was leading into. My message that I've written down is called The Believer and Missions. But I feel like dealing with this this morning, identity. Because where I was going at, and, I, and the Lord changed my mind when I was in my office today, I was going to talk to you about missions. And I wanted to talk to you about how it is important for us as a church to be mission-minded. That missions is important. And as I begin to read and I begin to study again this morning and God just began to deal with me and, and turn it a little ways, I kind of understand now a little bit of why He did what He did. Because, see, being mission-minded is our identity. That's who we are. As a church, New Beginning Assembly of God, we should be a mission-minded church. Now, I'm not getting on to you and I'm not saying, and I had looked at a report that said, oh, we don't have, we're not giving like we should. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm looking at it as this point too. Missions is important. Giving to missionaries is important donating and all of that but folks there are other things we can do besides money amen there are other things we can do to support and be about the mission we can be about the missions and give and i can man i was going to get this buddy barrel and we're still going to do it this morning have a little for our buddy barrels this morning if you got loose change to bring it up and all that kind of stuff but man, our main focus should not just be about missionaries, but it also has to include the mission of this church. What is this church all about? Why are we here this morning? Why did we get up and get dressed and come to God's house today? Was it because it's something that we just do and we're supposed to do it? Or did we come here because we knew that God in heaven was going to meet us in this place? And we need Him this morning. Hallelujah. I, I just begin to think about these things. And I begin to wonder aloud. And I begin to study and really think that Jesus gave His commission to the church. And he gave what this church, what his church was supposed to be about. And he says the church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel 
to all people according to the New Testament revelation of Christ and the disciples. Ephesians 2 and 20 says this, and are built, this is Paul, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. Folks, He is our cornerstone. He is where the rest of the building relies on. There is a cornerstone somewhere in this church house. There is somewhere where there is that first laden stone, which is the cornerstone which everything else is built around on. Because I guarantee you, if you knock that cornerstone off, it'll all crumble. The house gets weak. The house begins to crumble. You know, I cannot take a sledgehammer and go to these classrooms and just start knocking walls. I just can't start knocking walls and doing things like that because there are walls that are called low-bearing. And if you hit those low-bearing walls, it, 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 the ceiling begins to sag <laughs> and we'll be in a heap of trouble. See, when we do away with the corner, when we do away with that thing that is most important, everything else falls away. I, I just think we need to get back to preaching the gospel again. I don't think it's wrong. Let me say this. I, I don't think it's wrong to have programs. I don't think it's wrong to have things for kids. Good Lord, that we need that stuff. And folks, we need to fellowship one to another. We need to communicate and ask each other, how are you doing? I'm checking on you. I'm calling you. What's going on with you? You doing all right? We need that time of fellowship. We need to meet somewhere and say, hey, why don't we go to McDonald's and have breakfast? How, how about we go and do this? How about we go and do that? When I've had these meetings with these pastors, that's what they encouraged us to do. And I've met different pastors throughout our section here. And this morning I texted them and I said, I'm praying that you have a good service today. Every one of them texted me back. Every one of them said, we're praying for you too, we're praying for your service. See, there's fellowship that's going on. There is a foundation that is being laid and built for a relationship. And folks, that's the cornerstone right there. That fellowship, that time that we spend with God, that time that we spend with each other, I would be in a terrible marriage if I never talked to Marcy but just occasionally and I just never talked to her the rest of the day and the rest of the week and I just, I just talked to her during lunch when, or dinner when she's made dinner, grunted, scratched my belly and, <laughs> and sat on the couch and didn't talk to her the rest of the time. She, that relationship would eventually be hurting. <laughs> Amen. But oh, when we build on that relationship, our marriage gets stronger. Our commitments get stronger. You know what I, how I'm going with this? We've got to commit ourselves to the relationship of Jesus Christ and the fellow saints. And the fellow saints. And folks, let me tell you something. I, I, I'm afraid I'm sounding mean. 
<laughs> and I'm not sounding mean. I, I hope you hear my heart. Because I'm getting on to myself more than I'm getting on to y'all. If I am getting on to y'all. I'm just, I'm just thinking... There's things that I've done that I haven't done that I should have done and God's revealed it of why I shouldn't have done that and why didn't I do the things that I did and I thought, well, I don't know. And fellowship, fellowship, getting in with God, getting in with that chief cornerstone. Folks, there's nothing wrong with if we have hot dogs or if we go and do something or we have a going to cook something or, or go to wild adventure or whatever. But the main cornerstone has to be Jesus Christ. That has to be the first thing. And folks, I know I've said this before. And I have not done a good job on this. But I'm committing to you. In front of you this morning. When summer is over with. That's going to be my next sermon. We're going to talk about. What is our church's mission? What is our church's vision? Why do we have these core values here? And why are they important to us? We need to get back to who we are because I'm afraid we've lost who we are. We've lost our identity. And not just us. I see other churches that have lost their identity. They have forgotten why we're here. And the main reason is to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm telling you, I've read it somewhere. I might have been in notes here or something where we're not just supposed to convert just so we can add numbers. But we are to convert so that they can have a relationship with Christ. And folks, if all we're doing in this church to try and get people to come and that's all we're doing, shame. Shame on us. Shame on me. Shame on me. We have got to establish relationships. And it starts with Jesus Christ. We have to preach the gospel and make sure it's centered on repentance and remission of sins. The promise of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the exhortation to separate from this corrupt generation. While waiting for the return of Jesus from heaven. That's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. It's fine if we have a paintball contest and the men go out to the, <laughs> and shoot paintballs or whatever. We go and have a... I had talked to Marcy and I said, you know, I think it would be nice if the women would come together one day and y'all have tea. Y'all have a tea. She said that um, up north, that was something real big that they loved to do is that the women would get together and they would just have tea. They would have little finger foods and stuff and they would just drink tea and all that and the thing was they, they had to um, wear hats and all that and one of the things she told me was you, you can make a hat you'd make your hat and then you'd wear it it'd be funny and silly and all that kind of stuff there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with having fun there's nothing but oh uh, is what we're doing building each other up is what we're doing encouraging one another. Is what we're doing going back to the fact that we need Jesus. 
is, is what we're doing going back to the fact, fact that, that there is still the promise called the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue that's available today. It's today. You can have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Are we teaching about separating ourselves from this corrupt world? And I'm not talking about teaching you stay away from people. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't go to certain places and you don't do certain things and you don't. No, but I'm saying you go to people and they don't influence you. And I've told this before in this pulpit. There's times I've been and I've seen people being influenced by the wrong people. And they just went a completely different way than what you thought they were and all of that. Teaching that. Folks, there's a corrupt... <laughs> there is a corrupt system and a corrupt way of thinking that's here now in the world, in the United States and all that stuff. This crazy mentality that you can kill a baby at nine months old is sin and God's not pleased with it. Now, I hate to say that and I hate to be tough and rough about that, but that's the truth. That, that is, that is, that God ain't pleased with that at all. And folks, what's in God's word here is what's going to stand. I love to listen to different preachers and I love to um, listen to their messages and I'll sometimes on my car, I'll, I'll listen to them or on my, in my house or something like that. But I cannot build my relationship and my foundation on what they have to say. I've got to build my relationship on Jesus Christ. And what they say, is it tied in to what I believe? Is it tied into what this book says? The purpose is to make disciples. Here it is. Not just converts who will observe Christ's commands. This is the only direct imperative in this passage. Christ does not intend that evangelism and missionary witness result only in conversion decisions. Spiritual energies must, must not be concentrated in merely enlarging church membership, but in making disciples who separate themselves from the world, observe the commands of Christ, and follow Him with all their hearts, minds, and wills. That's what he's saying. That's what he told them. We've got to go. Not to just build our membership role. Not just to build. Uh, not just to get people. Folks, that's been on my mind. We need people. We just need people. God help me to get people. God help me to get people. We need people. This church needs people. No, it don't. We don't need people. People. I don't know about you, but I'm a people. <laughs> and one thing about us people we know how to mess up stuff real good. <laughs> we know how to get in and tear something up. And we don't need people. We need disciples. We need converts from people to disciples. To, follow, to followers of Christ. That's what we need in this house. That's what is so important. 
And folks, me as your pastor, as the senior pastor, the head, the head knocker. <laughs> Amen. I'm not, con- I sh- I'm not concerned about, my main goal should not be about finances of the church. My main goal should not be about how much money we've got, what we're spending it on, or not, what this, that, that, that. But my main priority has got to be how are you spiritually? How's your health? I've got to see how you are doing. That's got to be my goal. That's what I have to focus on. Because folks, let me tell you, one day I'm going to give an account. You're not, but I will. I'm going to give an account one day, and I'm going to stand before an almighty God, and he's going to say, I let you into this pulpit to preach my word. What have you done about it? What have you done? And I believe Paul warns about it, too. He warns about those that teach and preach about stuff. And folks, I say that not to scare or or whatever, but we also, you won't have that account as me as far as that, but there's going to be an account given of what we've done. And it's going to be our identity, who we are. Who are you? What did you do? Where did you go? What were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> Amen. Oh, we're giving an account. We're going to give an account. Those who believe in Christ and the gospel are to be baptized with water. The, this represents their covenant pledge to renounce a morality and world and their own sinful nature and to um, unreservedly commit themselves to Christ and His kingdom purpose. That is what baptism is about. Baptism does not save you. Baptism does not wash you and cleanse you of your sin. But baptism is a direct indication and a public witness that you say, I am not my own. Christ died for me and I am His and I'm being buried. Water, being dunked under the water, being death. Raising up under that water means new life. That's what baptism is. We're to baptize. We're to baptize. We're to seek out and say, hey, when they get saved, when we get people into the church and we get their commitment and we tell them and they become disciples, listen, you need to be baptized. You need to go ahead and get that commitment. Amen? And lastly, Christ will be with His obedient followers in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. They are to go to all nations and witness only after they are endued with power from on high. And I'm done with my notes there. But folks, let me tell you something. (laughs) Let me tell you something. We have to understand and get it right this morning who we are. Folks, there's times where I've just come to church because I've just, I've come to church. <laughs> and I think if we look in our heart, we're, we, we'll say, yeah. There's times where we say, you know what? I've just come to church because I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. I've had a terrible week. I've had a problems. I've had this going on and this going on and it's like, Brother Adam, you just better be glad that I'm just here sitting. <laughs> you know, 
There's times where I say, y'all better just be glad I know how to play a piano because I sure enough would catch out. <laughs> Amen. I've done that before. I said, y'all better be glad I got a word from the Lord because I really don't feel like preaching. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> but folks, I'm telling you, that's the truth. We live in such a world that it just gets on you. And I am afraid that we've forgotten our identity. I for, I'm afraid that we have forgotten who we were and what our purpose is. Folks, I want to encourage you. New Beginning Assembly of God has a purpose. We have a purpose. You individually have a purpose. God didn't just put you on this earth to occupy time and to occupy space. But there is a purpose for you. There is something that only you can do that nobody else can do. And I want to encourage you that God is just not... God is able to use anybody that is willing. God specializes in using those that have no qualifications. Remember I talked Wednesday about David and how oh, um, the prophet Samuel went out and he looked at David's first brother and said, Oh, that's the one. He's going to be king right here. Nope. The second brother, that, I'm surely that's something. You know, nope, that's not him. That's not him. That's not. Well, Jesse, I know you've got other sons. You've got to. He said, Well, yeah, he's this old boy, ruddy boy in the last. And, you know, I told you about that. You know, the, the kids that were the last were just, they weren't really. They were considered mostly a nuisance. <laughs> a mouth to feed, so to speak. And then Samuel said, go get him. And we ain't moving until he comes. <laughs> he got aggravated. He said, we're not going nowhere until we see this boy. David come up. He didn't look like no king. He didn't have the qualifications. He didn't have the nothing. They said he was ruddy. But he was king. There's many that people say, I don't have this and I don't have that and I, I can't do it like this and I don't. Folks, let me tell you, God specializes. God specializes in using people that the world says you're not qualified to do it. Folks, we, this church, we have an identity. We have a purpose. We've got a mission. We've got a vision. And I believe it's time for us to rise up and to say, God, we're going to be after it. Now, I've been reading a book, too, and I've, I haven't read all of it. But it's a very fascinating church, uh, book. And it was talking about your mission is not to have a big church. <laughs> You're, the reason why you're in this pulpit is not so to have a big church. But it's to get disciples and gather them and do it that way. I'm afraid sometimes we have been taught and I have been taught we've just got to bring them in and hopefully they'll get saved. Bring them in and hopefully get, they'll get saved. 
I had a, um, I won't say the pastor's name, but um, he told me this week, he said, I've got this problem. He said, I've got this problem where people just, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, but they want to live together. And they don't really want to get married. So they'll come up to me and they'll say, we want to get married. And I said, well, what do you do? And he said, well, I tell them they're sinning and they need to get right. <laughs> and I just started laughing. He's like, I'm serious. I just tell them y'all need to get right. Y'all are sinning. Y'all need to repent. God ain't pleased with that. Get right first and then <laughs> do about it right. Amen. <laughs> Why? Not because it's fuddy-duddy and old-fashioned. Because God honors that. And folks, we cannot get away from this. If we get away from this, we're in trouble this morning. The church is in trouble this morning. And I'm afraid there's a lot of churches that are getting away from this book. There's a lot of churches that are trying to, I'll dare say, preach other versions that are contrary. Now, folks, listen. I've got, uh, y'all know me, I've got a bunch of Bibles with a different with different versions and you know my thing about all of that is this I read my King James version and I read another translation and I can see there's some similarities but there's others that I see that's like that ain't in there <laughs> I don't know how they got that from this verse but but you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't think there's anything wrong with getting with judging two versions and say okay this looks right or this whatever I mean there's some things that are in here that are like I don't have no idea what was just said but something was said and I'll look at a different version and it will kind of say something I'll go back and say oh I see I see what this is going back but folks I'm telling you we've got to stand on this we got to stand on this everything else is going to fail everything else is going to come up short everything else is going by the wayside. But folks, this word won't. And I know this has been a crazy sermon, and this is not anything like I wanted to preach today to y'all this morning. <laughs> but God knows, and God understands, and I, I've done what he's, asked, what he's asked me to do. But folks, We've got to understand and we've got to figure out who we are. What are we about? And folks, please hear my heart. I'm not suggesting that from now on we need to have a full calendar of every kind of event and every kind of thing or whatever. I'm not saying that. There's certain things that I think that, you know, I would be willing to go to the board and ask if we could have money to do. And then there's some things that's like, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time asking nobody <laughs> to have certain things and do all that kind of stuff because it won't have that purpose it won't it'll just be a you know and i think that's got to be the number one goal what are we doing is it focusing and is it turning people to god is it turning people to jesus it's is it creating in them a better relationship than they already had and folks while you're sitting here listening to me my sermons best better be some that you take and you glean and you get better too because if it's not then I'm not doing a good job <laughs> amen I'm not doing a good job
But folks, that's the deal. What we have to focus on is to make sure and strengthen our relationship with God. Would you stand this morning? Hallelujah. Folks, I know again... Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.